0: Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. Yes, friends and listeners, welcome back to Simple Tech Talk, where we take what can be considered complex and break it down into easy-to-understand language. And we'd like to thank Board Active Software for proudly sponsoring this episode, available online at boardactive.com. And my friends, we are so excited to have George J. Chanos on the show. You know George from his days as serving as Attorney General for the state of Nevada. He also currently serves as Chairman of the Board for Capriati Sandwich Shops. In addition, he is a respected businessman, influencer, and author. In this dynamic two-part series, we're going to discuss in depth the amazing path that George took to get to where he is, disruptive trends in technology in the mobile marketing space, what's ahead for Capriati Sandwich Shops, and of course, George's books. These are amazing and they're available wherever books are sold, including Amazon. George, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: You are most welcome, sir. Let's talk a little bit about your background, George, because nobody knows you like you, including the book that you wrote recently, The Millennial Samurai. You know, millennials get a lot of shade thrown at them, but millennials also have some really good attributes, attributes that really help in the business world, like being the most educated tech advanced, globally networked, and ethnically diverse segment in society. But we also do have some faults, to be fair.
1: Yeah, you've got uh, some amazing strengths and uh, like every other generation, certain weaknesses. And you need to, like everyone else, leverage your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses.
0: I love it. You know, in your books, you get into the power of the human mind and of the human mood and how to use it to grow and prosper in this time and in the times to come. You know, self-discovery is not an easy path to take. So what expertise have you taken from your decades of public and private sector work and utilized in these books and in business? Sure.
1: My background is for the past 30 years, I've been a problem solver. People have come to me from all walks of life, you know, whether it's a housewife, a billionaire, or a governor, and they've asked for help on solving some of the most complex and pressing issues facing them that they weren't able to solve themselves. And I've made a living for the past 30 years as being the guy that gets that phone call and comes in and tries to look at the situation from a perspective that allows me to solve the problem. So I've done that for 30 years. I've had uh, a great deal of success with that. I I ultimately served as Nevada's attorney general, as you mentioned. I argued before the United States Supreme Court and I won a unanimous decision. Um, I'm chairman of the board of Capriati Sandwich Shop, which is one of the fastest growing QSR franchises in the country. We've got over 100 stores that are open in 20 states. We've got over 120 stores that have signed franchise agreements to open that have not yet opened their doors, but will over the next several years. We expect to have that pipeline be at 250 by the end of the year. So we're making great strides with Capriati's.
0: Great strides indeed. You're opening another hundred plus stores in the next couple years. That's amazing news. And obviously, you're using the insights that you've gained over decades upon experience in both the public and private sector. And it's quite apparent that you've lended that expertise when you wrote these books. Tell us about the inspiration behind writing these books.
1: What happened to me was in 2012, I had a heart attack. And as a consequence of the heart attack, I thought about my daughter, who was 16 years old at the time. And I thought about her future, and I thought about how can I prepare her for the future, and what do I need to do to uh, get my estate ready, get my affairs ready, and get her ready. So I put my affairs in order. I wanted to try to download my knowledge Hmm. into a letter to her. I wanted to try to anticipate some of the challenges that she might face, some of the questions that she might have and try to answer them in advance, that became my first book. It's called Seize Your Destiny, A Roadmap to Success. That's available on Amazon. Both of my books are available on Amazon. Seize Your Destiny is for a younger audience. She was 16 at the time. So it's it's written for that level of audience, although it has application. I've had people that are much older that have gotten a lot out of it and, and absolutely love it. My second. So after I wrote that book, I realized that what I had done was I had downloaded my knowledge of my life over the past 30 years. And she was going to live in a completely different environment. She was going to live in the next 30 years. Hmm. And so I needed to look at what the next 30 years were going to be like to try to analyze that information for her. And ultimately, I did that in the same way that I've done it for 30 years, which is employing what I call a helicopter perspective. David Ogilvy, in his book, Ogilvy on advertising, he was the father of advertising, modern advertising. He wrote this uh, incredible book and in it he, co- he talks about a helicopter perspective. And this helicopter perspective is an ability to rise above the fray and to look at a problem from all different angles. And if you look at a problem th- from all different perspectives, you're more likely to find the solution to the problem. If you look at it from just your perspective, you're down in the weeds, you're, you're not seeing the whole picture, and you're, and you're far more less likely to solve the problem. Hmm. So it's like a judge. When two people come into the judge, one side sees it one way, the other side sees it another way. The judge's job is to see it objectively. To, so they've got to rise above the fray, and they've got to try to employ a helicopter perspective. So what hmm. happens when you take that helicopter perspective and you train it on the next 30 years, on the future. What do you see? And, and so most of us aren't doing that. Most of us are, are looking at the trees, not the forest. Mm. We're looking at our daily life's challenges. We're trying to put food on the table. We're trying to pay the rent. We're trying to get the kids off to school. We're trying to take care of our elderly parents. We're trying to build our career. We're doing all these things that, that you know, occupy most of us and, and have occupied me throughout most of my life. The only difference between me and everyone else at this point is that I'm 62 years old and and instead of looking at the trees, I'm looking at the forest. Hmm. And that's something that most people aren't looking at. So I'm looking at the forest and I'm looking at it with a helicopter perspective and I'm looking at it through the eyes of a a high-end lawyer who's been solving complex problems for the last 30 years. And in doing that, what I saw was quite remarkable. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I saw. But most of the most important, I think, information for you is that what I saw and what I think you need to do about it is all set forth in my new book, Millennial Samurai. And Millennial Samurai, if you go on Amazon and you read the reviews, you're going to see that the reviews are absolutely extraordinary. First of all, it's got all five star reviews. Secondly, the reviews are saying things like it's a masterpiece. And they're I mean, they're just over the top. The reason that the book is having such success is that it's written in a way that people can read it, digest it, understand it. It's not overly complicated. It's not overly time-consuming. And it just gives you the facts. So it's broken down into short, very, very short chapters. So there are 182 chapters, but they're only one to three pages each. So if you want to know about creativity, or you want to know about collaboration, or you want to know about artificial intelligence or blockchain technology or cloud computing or 3D printing or fab labs or asteroid mining or character, courage, commitment and compassion, whatever the issue is, Millennial Samurai is your survival kit for the 21st century. And I I promise you that if you read it and if you practice the the teachings that are in it, you will be more successful at whatever it is that you want to do. And that was the whole purpose of the book. The purpose of the book was to in, you know, essentially provide a roadmap for my daughter in case I die and, uh, you know, to lead her and, and to answer her questions and to, to empower her. And when I realized that it had application to millions of people beyond her, I felt that it needed to be a book. And so ultimately, I published it as a book. And those are the two books that are available on Amazon.
0: That's great stuff, George, and it is available on Amazon in the Kindle version for under $10. It's a great, fantastic read, so I highly recommend it as well. Now, George, I'd love to talk about your experiences and how they've shaped into the advice that you give in this book, including some of the insights into what's ahead, the shifts, the trends, the forms of technology, and how they're gonna be changing and how that's gonna impact society at large.
1: First of all, theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking um, in 2014, said that the singularity, the moment in time when, human in- when, when machine intelligence will eclipse human intelligence will be the greatest event in human history, greater than fire, greater than the wheel, greater than anything man has ever encountered, space travel, the internet, greater than anything. Now, Ray Kurzweil, the head of artificial intelligence for Google, the guy who Bill Gates says knows more about artificial intelligence than anyone he knows. Ray Kurzweil tells us that the singularity, the thing that Stephen Hawking was talking about, that that is coming as early as 2029. Now, imagine the discovery of fire or the discovery of the wheel or the discovery of the Internet, you know, or or, or the ability to, to, to uh, uh, engage in space travel, something bigger than any of that happening within your lifetime? And how will it change society? How has the internet, how has the phone, how has fire, how has the wheel changed society? Well, profoundly is the answer. And so Kurzweil tells us that this is coming in as few as 10 years. But Kurzweil, what he also goes on to point out that's really extraordinary, even more extraordinary than what I've just told you, is that by the 2040s, which is 20 to 30 years away, Kurzweil predicts that artificial intelligence will no longer be our equal, that its ability to learn and the pace at which it will learn will cause artificial intelligence to become a billion times, a billion times more capable than human intelligence by the 2040s. Now, we're all going to be alive then. Now, to put that into perspective, when an intelligence is a billion times greater than human intelligence, number one, we don't have the intellectual capacity to even understand what that means. We can't fathom what an intelligence that is a billion times ours means to our to our planet, to our species, to anything that is going on as we understand human life today. So things are going to change and they are going to change radically. Now again, I've been a problem solver for 30 years. So I'm used to looking for red flags. I'm used to looking past the horizon and trying to predict What's going to happen in years ahead? I've been doing this for my clients for decades. I've spent over sixty thousand hours working out complex problems in this fashion um, during my lifetime. And um, and when you put this all together, when you put this mammoth amount of change coming, the tsunami of technological change coming, what is it going? What is it coming to? What is what what? Where are we in society today? We are divided. Uh, Researchers have gone back and have said that they have had to go back 160 years to the Civil War to find a time when America was more divided than it is today. Not during the Vietnam War, not during the Civil Rights Movement. At no time in our history were we as divided as we are today, number one. So that's that's where the tsunami is going to hit, is this divided country. Number two, we are politically dysfunctional. All right. Because of the polarization that exists in this country between conservatives and liberals and between Republicans and Democrats, our government is paralyzed and dysfunctional. You know, one administration puts together a health care system. The next administration dismantles it. One administration builds a wall. The next administration will tear it down. Sure. You know, that is not a functional government. That is not what you need in the face of a tsunami. So you look at the division, you look at the economic inequality, the economic insecurity that exists in this country, something like 78% of the population doesn't have $500 in savings. You know, so what happens if an emergency strikes? What happens if a medical emergency strikes? What happens if they lose their job? What happens if they get an expensive ticket that they can't pay and, uh, you know, they can't make their rent? You look at these destabilizing factors And there are many more. We have social media, social media. There was a company called Cambridge Analytica that uh, uh, was used during the 2016 election to target what they called persuadables with information that would change their vote or cause them to go from being an independent to moving in one direction or another. And and their backgrounds and their preferences and their history on social media was all very well known to these technicians that were targeting these people, and they were able to very surgically appeal to various beliefs or interests or motivations that these people had and persuade them to act in a certain way. Sure. You know, the the other thing we know is we've learned more about the human brain in the last five years than the last 5,000 years. And we know that our brains are very malleable. We know that that, for example, our brains uh, receive 11 million bits of information per second and and yet we are consciously able to process only 15 to 50 bits of information per second, which means that the vast majority of this information is coming into our brain through our unconscious, outside of our conscious awareness. Our brain engages in all sorts of things that we don't even realize. We engage in motivated reasoning, unconsciously. You know, we 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 have a set of information, we and we develop a worldview, and when information that comes to us Contradicts that existing worldview and that existing belief system, it actually travels down a different neural pathway than information that confirms or conforms to our existing worldview. So, you know, there are all these things that are going on, and it's, you know, going to create a lot of disruption. Sure. And the question is are you ready? Are you ready? And are your children ready? And if you're not ready, how do you get ready?
0: Absolutely preparedness is half of the battle and businesses and brands are preparing for this technology tsunami as you coined it the shifts in trends and practices, I'd love to hear about your take on how businesses are utilizing some of these disruptive trends in their mobile marketing efforts, while at the same time recognizing that machines and computers lack one essential human skill, and that skill is empathy. So how will brands and businesses maneuver empathy in the times to come to build their brand and to engage and retain their customer?
1: Well, first of all, I want to touch upon something that's that's even more important than the app question, but I'll get to it. The the point that you made about empathy empathy has been called the 21st century's most important skill. Sure. And the reason that it's and the reason that it's it's evolving and becoming um, our most important skill is exactly what you said. It's that you know when you think about what kind of jobs will exist in the future, they will be the kinds of jobs that machines can't perform. Mm-hmm. Anything that a machine can perform, economics will dictate that the machine performs it. If it can perform it as well or better than a human being, business will evolve to use machines for that purpose. But the one thing that these machines will never be able to do is they'll never be able to have human empathy. And that trait is a trait that will be one of the most sought after skill sets, the ability to collaborate, the ability to listen, the ability to have empathy, the ability to lead; these are all the critical skill sets of the twenty first century. And when you talk about apps, and you talk about how do you get a, a person to, uh, I guess, use an app and uh, and not discontinue using the app after two weeks or after two months, and it, it to me, it, it all comes it all comes down to value and reverse engineering. So so you begin instead of coming up with a product or a technology or an app and that you have the ability to create and manufacture, and then go looking for a market and looking for a buyer for what it is that you've created, instead of taking that approach, reverse engineer the process. Begin with the consumer. Begin with the customer. Hmm. What do they want? What do they want and what do they need? And how do you create value? You know, Ultimately, it comes down to value. If, if you want me to give you my time, if you, if you want your listeners to be listening to this radio show, you've got to create value. You've got to give them something that keeps them tuned in, right? Like hopefully we're doing this this morning, giving them valuable information that can change their lives, breakthrough knowledge, you know, information that they can't get elsewhere. That's what's going to cause them to keep coming back. That's what's going to cause them to keep t- tuning in. The same is true of any other product. Sure, It all comes down to value.
0: Yes, value, and talking about reverse engineering the mobile marketing process with a customer in mind. What do they want? What do they need out of this experience? So we're going to get into the mobile app experience with George J. Chanos as we talk about the Capriati Sandwich Shop app in part two of this discussion. Stay tuned. It will be available right here on BoardActive.com later this week. In the meantime, connect with BoardActive on the socials at board active and at simple tech talk podcast and take a look at George's book available on Amazon under $10 in the Kindle format. Millennial Samurai is the name of it. And check George out online at georgejchanos.com. Again, a very special thank you to Board Active for proudly sponsoring this episode of Simple Tech Talk. So why is Board Active interested in Simple Tech Talk's content? Well, because Simple Tech Talk is dedicated to unpacking complex trends and terms in the mobile marketing space. And Board Active understands that personalization starts with mobile app engagement, retargeting, and BoardActive's location-based marketing solution helps brands and advertisers in the public and private sector connect and interact with their customers, constituents, and consumers. Access your sales, measurement, and mobile targeting tools to drive deeper engagement, increase sales, key performance indicator outcomes, and measure attribution of your app users in real time using location and in-app activity data. Again, connect with BoardActive online at BoardActive.com. Thanks again for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Take care and have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at BoardActive.com and follow us on the socials. This
1: podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.